All righty, we are recording. So hello, Walnut. Hello, Rose. Welcome to the Walnut Tree. This is a live recording in the group. So as you are here, say hello when you are. We have a Lulu. Hi, Lulu. We have a Nicole. We have a Kez. <laughs> and the guest of honor, we have a Rose. Pen name, Elliot Rose. Welcome, my beautiful favorite person on this whole entire earth. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is so fun. <laughs> it is so, so fun. So Walnut, this is a secret launch party. <laughs> it was sort of just like happened organical um, for Rose's first, is it, are you counting it as first, but first fiction? <laughs> first fiction, yeah. First fiction <laughs> publication under Elliot Rose, Sweet Inferno, which is book one. <laughs> Um, of the Nocturnal Heart series. So Rose, uh, I'm going to refer to you as Rose. Is that all right? I feel yes, like, yes, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm like pen name. Is it like a pronoun? Like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I'm still figuring this out myself. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go yeah. for Rose because I know you as Rose, but Walnut Elliot Rose is the place that you want to be following for all the Nocturnal Heart's delicious goodness. So Rose, I'll just get you to introduce yourself for the walnuts who don't know who you are, even though I brag about you basically every day, but please introduce yourself to us. Mm. I'll just have a sip of my cacao to wet, wet my throat. Wet the palate. Um, so hello, everyone. If you don't know me already, I'm Rose, and you can catch me over at Elliot Rose Author on all the places. Uh, and this is essentially the celebration and secret launch party that you get the exclusive access to uh, around launching Sweet Inferno, which is book one in my Nocturnal Heart series. And this is a paranormal romance series. You could call it romanticy even if you really want to, because we're, we're set, these, these books are set in kind of a near earth style realm but we travel between realms and across different worlds and there's a lot of movement in a very paranormal supernatural magical sense we've got witches we've got shifter wolves we've got vampires we've got in Sweet Inferno we also get the kind of hint of other beings such as the fae who are around and kind of about but in Sweet Inferno we have our two main characters that the story is centered on being Leah who is a fire witch and Fern who is a shifter wolf so we get kind of the primary focus being on witches and the shifter wolf kind of supernatural beings that are in this world but there are hints and it's a great introduction to the rest of the world and the ongoing series that is to come. So it's very, it's very mystical, magical, exciting. And of course, there is lots of spice to go with a romance of this nature, a paranormal romance. <laughs> like right away too. It's like, okay, where is my wet towel? <laughs> well, not wet towel, cold flannel. Like find my fan. Find my fan. <laughs> Oh my gosh, funny. Okay, so Nicolici says she's so excited and Karen does lots of celebration uh, emoji. What are those things called? I don't know, but we've got a lot of excitement in the walnut tree. So yay, welcome, welcome. Um, So walnut, I posted a Q&A thread inside the group. So Rose, would you prefer if I just start off with a few questions or? Yeah, what? I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like 
because obviously as an author myself before I became one I was always so curious what it would feel like and all the things and I know that we've talked on both of our podcasts about actual the journey through authorship and things like that but I feel like the fiction world is a whole different like (laughs) fishbowl of its own so I'll start with everyone else's questions and then I'll probably add to some myself because I'm a dork and I I need the goss (laughs) so Nicole asked first of all who did you base Fern off hmm Fern, our delicious Fern. I actually had to laugh because one of the first reviews that came in was basically just Fern is now added to my harem of book boyfriends. (laughs) We love Fern. We love (laughs) So hashtag Fern for life. Um, Fern is actually the major inspiration for his character came from a visual. And so some of my characters come to me in kind of just they they kind of drop in and I can see them and I can I then have to go find an image that kind of represents what I can see in my mind's eye in this case it was one that has come to me from an image and then the character the character was kind of there but that informed a lot of I guess the characteristics and mannerisms and things so he's very much based on probably the the best way I can describe it is Jason Momoa, but Hawaii-based Jason Momoa. Not the Jason Momoa you see in like Hollywood and movies or whatever. It's like if you see him on his like Instagram when he's like up in the mountains, like full gone bush, gone wild mode, <laughs> that's that's what we are looking at when if you want to have a visual for Fern here. <laughs> Very nice. Very yeah. nice. And I think also, Walnut, knowing that before you read Sweet Inferno, <laughs> it's very, very nice as well. <laughs> um, that's a nice segue into another question that um, one of the Walnuts has asked, What, which was, Rose, as like a, um, you know, historical, hum- not historical, it's in your life all the time now, <laughs> but in the world of human design, there was yeah. a question, um, do you know the human designs of your characters? Human designs of my characters? Yeah. Um, yes. And so in this case, I, for me, both Leah and Fern are generator energy types. They've got that kind of sexy magnetism around them, that kind of like instant attraction-y vibe. Uh, I, for me, Leah is very much kind of, I think she's, she's got the curiosity. She's got the want to kind of like go and find things out. So I feel like, but she's also got the kind of, I'm going to try and do what I can, you know, around helping and things like that. I don't want to give away any spoilers in this. Um, so for me, I feel the five, one vibes with Leah um, Am I Leah? And, and, I'm Leah. That's me. <laughs> and both sacral authorities, like we, we, they're not particularly like emotionally up and down people, either of them. Fern, I feel again, sacral generator, but I do feel he's got the kind of six, two vibe going on. Like he's very comfortable on his own. He's very, you know, like he's done 300 years of kind of like being the, the wolfy shifter wolf, happy to do his own thing very independent um but also yeah very uh 
very much the kind of wise head, um, which is also what's quite fun because Leah kind of scrambles that up for him a little bit. So <laughs> again, no spoilers. <laughs> I'm like, how do I even how do I even conduct the rest of this conversation? Okay. Very exciting, <laughs> very delicious. Okay. And, and Karen has shared um the Elliot Rose website. Walnut, if you are oh, like listening you. now and you want the link, you can click that and have a look at purchasing your own very copy it's on ebook mm. and um what physical touch, thank you paperback yeah um and nicole swooning of a fern and kez loves the hd goss on Leanne fern um delish okay let me just scroll back to the other questions i like this one since i already have the answer for my my own <laughs> self but from the author's mouth do you identify with any of the characters from this book or the coming ones? Mm, I think this is such an interesting point for a lot of authors, right? Because I think we we infuse a lot of ourselves into every character we write mm. a lot of the time. And I think for Leah, there, there is elements of me in there. Um, and I can also see elements of myself in Fern as well. So it's it's interesting how we kind of take our own little bits and pieces and like weave them in in terms of like how we would respond to something or how we see the world. And while it's not a whole picture of us, we get the little kind of threads that just are like little homages to bits and pieces and and different experiences we've had. Um, and yeah, definitely for future characters as well. There's there's always going to be elements in there. Um, and I think if anything, one of the things that I've been really drawn towards with the female characters in this series is that they the part of me that probably comes through a lot is in terms of their physical stature and representation and in Leah's case she's short she's curvy she's voluptuous you know and she's also a badass and that's one of the things that with my female main characters I've been very passionate about bringing that side of things through around that we can have plus size curvy magical witches who are amazing at what they do and their size does not determine anything in terms of their capability as magical beings and also making a point of their size not being like something that needs to be discussed because I think in a lot of books there is rhetoric either like in a monologue from the character around like their debate about their body and you know it might be a beautiful story about how the you know their their love interest in the book likes them exactly as they are or whatever but you know I was really determined to make this something that there's no like we don't need to have a conversation about it you know yeah. it's as simple as saying like oh she's got dark hair and curves and you know like we don't need to discuss the 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 inner monologue or like self-doubt that comes with that because it's like there is no need for that essentially yeah. in this world yeah I yeah. love that and I actually feel when I when I first met Leah I was like yes I know and I resonate and I, I already understand just from being myself from being like a not twig woman I understand <laughs> like and, and yeah. it was just like full stop enough said 
good yeah. you know yeah, and exactly. that's how she was forever in my brain so I think you have actually articulated <laughs> that in the book um really well so I'm looking forward to getting to know all the other lovely delicious ladies in the rest yeah. of the oh, spicy series um <laughs> so thank you for answering your question so elegantly and deliciously as well Rose as I continue I on I try <laughs> um how did you write these books okay so let's hang on I will just skip that one because there are a couple of like techno-esque ones in here I'll just stick to the funness of the of the characters first but um that I I like this question that Nicole asked what surprised you most about creating this series about yourself or about the books oh that is a good question Thank you, Nicole. Mm. Um, what surprised me the most? I think the the hilarious part is that um, I've kind of got my own inner uh, competition with myself as a writer that each book is going to try and outdo the previous one for the spice <laughs> and the quality of the spice is going to be in there. <laughs> It's like how it's Nick kind of like a secret, go. a secret competition with myself for how things can keep <laughs> building book by book. I love it. So it's- watch out! By the time we get to like book book seven, like <laughs> oh, oh my lord, we'll just be sliding around everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, just on the on the <laughs> chats about about Leah and her body, um, Karen says yes. Leah does doesn't have the body image baggage that we have in our world. She just is the body she is. And Nicole says, I love that about Leah. She is so powerful, and she is. She is. She's so delicious. So awesome. And then we have lots of like, lots of like. Um, <laughs> squishy emoji <laughs> and holy shit and basically just people excited for the spice that's to come in their lives um all right so before we finish up on the questions I'll just have a couple more here um and if you're live too Walnut make sure like post them as if if anything comes up for you as well because I can I'm seeing them on my screen too so um I don't want you to miss out on asking Rose any like nosy questions if you've got it if you've got any um but I'm here for so here for it uh another question is how did you write these books did you have a skeleton plan for the entire series so you know what's going to happen or did they just fall out of you one by one or a little bit of both and before you answer this Rose I feel like this is on another one of your podcast episodes isn't it or you've you've spoken about it coming up that I might have to link it in in the in the group somewhere or something like that yes so I was just recently on Karen's podcast birthing your book and I think that comes out either today or tomorrow as well and we talk a little bit about that in terms of from the editing perspective and things like that like how my writing kind of how that came about in terms of this book and how this book came in in a way that I wasn't quite anticipating. So just to give the the brief recap of it, um, Today, essentially, I was, I was um, 
writing what is now book two in the series that's coming out 6th of March 2023 circle the date in your calendars beautiful people um and I was busy writing that book and this sweet infernal sweet inferno novella just like barreled in and was like oh by the way we're here here's your characters, here's your storyline, here's your plot, here's everything, here's the introduction to this whole world and series and everything. Um, And it all just like tumbled out pretty much fully formed in the space of two weeks. So it was like this power writing moment of having to put what is now book two down, (laughs) focus on this. And um yeah and then we just kind of like rolled from there so there was a period of time when I was still kind of writing both simultaneously which was quite fun um but yeah it's it's uh it's all good because it was such a such a fun whirlwind experience for that to all kind of come and just transpire and and come through but in terms of the bigger series and the the books in general yes there is a a planning kind of energy around certainly the first probably six at this stage in terms of the characters in terms of their story arcs in terms of their relationships in terms of kind of the I guess like the key themes or like tropes that are going to be in those books so there there is that kind of skeleton structure and they've all got kind of their own visual inspirations to go with that that kind of keep me um, well, not keep me tethered to the story, but it's like it keeps working away in the background, um, which is quite fun. So it's like uh, I'll have moments when, you know, I'm busy working away on the the book two that's coming out and I'll suddenly get something drop in or book three or book four or book five. And so I've got like a document that's like a working place where those things get dropped. So I'll be kind of like on my phone at whatever, you know, as this idea is dropping in, <laughs> putting it into my phone. And um, then it gets added to like the the Google Doc where that's all housed and kept to keep it in order. So my brain doesn't have to keep remembering things. Also songs as well. That's another thing that if I hear a song that I think is going to be really uh, kind of the mood or vibe of that book from what it feels like for me at the moment, that's getting added in places too, which is quite fun. I love that. And there is a Sweet Inferno playlist on Spotify Walnut, which I will link um, either in this chat or in the group anyway for you to um, have a little listen to uh, Mm -hmm. for when you uh, have your hands on your copy. (laughs) um and I just wanted to touch on that a little bit Rose it's also like such a um oh I can't the word is not in my mouth at the moment but it's you you're you've always been someone who is just very linked to their intuition and the way that you that you allow the books to come in instead of like really honing in on the structure and like no I'm doing this book at the moment so go away you're really like I don't know that's just a real testament to how you actually are as a as an author as a as a book churner like um just like going okay you're testament here. to my the state of my brain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I, just I think wanna... I saw a great a great meme on um Instagram that was something like oh so uh you know you're you're a fantasy author or something like how do you keep all these like storylines and characters and world building and whatever in your head 
um, how do you how do you kind of navigate it? And then like the the reply was something like, well, well, it's quite simple. Who are you? What day is it? Like, where am I supposed to be going? Do I have any groceries in the fridge? I haven't left left the house in weeks. Like it was like all the normal like human functionality is not here. <laughs> it's like taken up by this like crazy chaotic world of characters. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to shine a little light on your like authorship because you just like nail it so amazingly and you don't look like that you don't have your shit together <laughs> you look fantastic <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's it's all a magical illusion <laughs> I've cast cast a glamour spell I love it it's working it's working for us um and Papa Walnut asks um Again, another technical question. What are the benefits of um, printing versus just publishing online? Um, he's He makes note of like the fact that it is costly to produce books and mm. um, a word that I don't know how to pronounce, which is in the thread. And then he said, is it worth it aside from having the tangible object in your hand? So I was just wondering if you could speak mm. to that slight difference. I know you yes. do both. Um, yes. Yeah. And that's a really good question because it is something that as an indie author or a self-published author, it's something you really have to consider because you are essentially wearing the upfront cost of everything to do with your book. So everything from the software that you are producing your book on, you know, like formatting your book on through to the cover art, through to the editing, proofing, you know, there's all of these technical things that come in before the book even goes anywhere beyond just your computer. And so I personally use, and you you were the beautiful recommendation for me for this, to use Ingram Spark as the publisher and distributor, essentially. So they operate a print-on-demand model, which I personally, that really aligns for me because of not only the sort of ethics around book printing and publication, that for me, I would much rather know that there's not hundreds of thousands of copies of books getting printed that are essentially going out to all these bookstores around the world and then potentially not getting sold or getting returned or, you know, I've, I've had experience in the book selling industry, like working in a physical bookstore. And basically that to me really opened my eyes to how wasteful the book industry is as a whole, because mm -hmm. we were constantly receiving printed books that were not selling mm -hmm. and we were having to go around and like pull them all off the shelves and box them back up and send them back to the distributor where they were basically just getting pulped down and I kept the whole time like my little eco greeny heart was going this is so wasteful yeah <laughs> we're printing books and then we're just pulping them and then we're printing books and we're pulping them so for me print on demand really felt good and felt like a good fit for my book. So what that means is that basically when an order is placed online for a physical book copy, uh, that gets printed and then shipped out. So sometimes in advance of say like a book being released, they might start printing ahead of time if they know there are orders there, just so they can get delivered, you know, within a reasonable time frame. Um, but yes, absolutely. The cost of that process is something you really have to factor in within your pricing of, you know, so when we talk about a physical book in our hands being, say, 
whatever the case may be, an author typically only sees a very, very, very small fraction of that uh, cost to buy the book. The lion's share of that goes to cover the cost of the print and distribution, essentially. So um, I think in this case, the the most recent uh, with Sweet Inferno, I think, uh, just off the top of my head, it was something like it was over $15. It was somewhere between $15 and $16 of the actual book price is to cover those costs. And then there are things taken off on top of that for other kind of administration and things. So I think on average, like from what I kind of understand is that per book sold, it's very common for an author to get somewhere between like 2 and $3 a book. Um, which is just one of those things that is kind of across the board for everyone. Like, you know, no matter whether you are, uh, you know, New York Times, best USA Today, best-selling author, um, whatever the case may be, like there's there's kind of just those practicalities around the print version. But it is, I think for so many people, that process of reading a physical book is all part of the magic of books and having it on your shelf and the tangible aspect and it's a very different experience reading a physical book to reading an ebook I personally read a lot of ebooks um and I definitely notice the difference if I then change and I have a physical copy to read it changes my entire pace of reading almost I don't know if you've experienced that last yeah, definitely. I I struggle actually to read electronically. I it just it doesn't give me the satisfaction of like a book. I feel like there's so many sensory emotions <laughs> that come along yeah. with reading tangibly. <laughs> like not only is you are you physically like touching one side of the book getting bigger and smaller, it's the smell of a, of a new book and where you are when you're when you're holding it. I don't know. It just feels so different than reading it electronically, but yeah, a friend of mine, Total Bookworm, she actually switched to Kindle, not because she prefers it, but because she just has no space <laughs> for any more books. Yeah. Like, you know, so <laughs> that is the other consideration. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I am a, I am a physical, um, tangible holding in hand book person if, out of preference for sure. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a very interesting, I think, dynamic for people to kind of figure out what they, what they prefer. I think for me, I, again, it's like the, the, the space and the cost of, you know, the shipping, you know, things like that. Um, Whereas I'm, I'm impatient. If I want to read, I want to be able to read right now. So for me personally, I really love the accessibility of eBooks for the fact that I can, you know, be in the mood to read something, go to a place of someone I know who recommends books that I typically really love. And within about five minutes, I've got it and I'm reading it, you know, on my Kindle app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the projector efficiency in that is feels very delicious. Yeah, totally. And that makes sense. So thank you for catering to us of all book reader alike. <laughs> Um, before we wrap this call up, Rose, I actually have a couple of burning questions that I really wanted to specifically ask. Um, yes. Some of the comments in the live chat are agreeing with the smell of books, tangible books on that conversation. Oh, someone. Oh, and Claire's here. Hello, Claire. You're not late. You're fine. Don't worry. Um, 
the minimalist in me wants to read e-readers, but I love holding the book. Uh, Karen is so excited to get her physical copy of Sweet Inferno. I mm. usually read romance genre on my Kindle because I read them so fast fast and the physical space factor yeah that makes sense and then um agreement with the immediate gratification in your projector efficiency um (laughs) and the immediate immediacy with especially being in New Zealand with the shipping and how long especially post-covid how long it takes so thank you for your comments uh my question Rose was I've got two and I don't know which one I want to ask first I think I'll ask this one obviously and to relate everything back to being a walnut and having that courage and um, to to release a book, regardless of fiction or nonfiction, is a very vulnerable space. And I can speak to experience. But I feel like fiction, your own special imaginary place, feels so much more scarce-sighting to me than any, like, <laughs> spilling of my soul that is non-fiction can you Mm. please talk to how did you feel like you had to be a walnut when you were when this idea came to you and when you were thinking of bringing the series to life yes and I totally know what you mean that it is a very it it, publishing something in the non-fiction world can be very personal right it can be those personal stories and it can be that very kind of soul searching type conversations that you're having and and vulnerable shares that you're putting something out that is you maybe haven't talked to many people about or you haven't ever said out loud before in fiction you're kind of taking that same thing but you are creating a whole world or a whole character or a whole you know kind of uh conversation and storyline that to me, it, it 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 has got that same degree of vulnerability because there is always that thing of, are people going to get it? Are people going to like it? Are people going to even understand what's going on on the page, you know? Yeah. Especially when we get into like fantasy and, you know, things that are not necessarily grounded in our everyday reality. They're not the contemporary world we live in. Um, and, you know, paranormal romance obviously has got that added layer of you've got characters that you are trying to um, ensure they are still relatable and still you can still connect to them, but they are inherently completely different to your average Joe human being. Yeah. <laughs> so um yes and so there is that real vulnerable the the walnutting came from trusting that my voice and my way of sharing these stories is unique to me and also not necessarily putting judgment on myself to expect my very first book to be the best right you know I I am the first person to say that I know my writing is only going to keep getting better and better and better and better with each book I put out so I kind of just took any pressure off myself to go this needs to be the absolute bastion of perfectionism because of the fact that I knew the story needed to come out and it needed to be shared and it was like ready to go right now and I think that's also the beauty of self-publishing and being an indie author is that you can make that decision on at what point is it ready and giving yourself that permission to go, I am going to continue to strengthen in what I'm doing. Um, And there was something else I was going to say to that uh, around, what was my other point that I wanted to 
I wanted to speak to. I think it was essentially around the kind of, you know, confidence to to do the thing and to trust your own voice with it Um, because very much I was, that's very much I was aware that I, I love reading paranormal romance. I love reading that supernatural genre, but I needed to almost like not read it while I was writing. So I kind of have these like detoxes from that genre because I don't want my voice to be taking on board the way that other people are describing things, the way that other people are, you know, putting their characters onto the page, the worlds that they're like. and allow myself to develop my own voice was something that was quite a big uh, walnutting along the way was trusting that my voice is okay and good enough and my own unique way of describing things and and kind of just to put my blinkers on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had Mm. to do a little bit of that when writing my nonfiction book as well in regards to like even just launching and stuff I had a friend who was um releasing her book at the same time and hers was very Instagrammable and very like you know (laughs) for the social medias and things and mine was just not (laughs) mine was just mine you know so like I I understand about the blinker thing and that like is so relevant to just real life as well when you're doing your thing and um to just Land your lane so thank you for your courage and for making this masterpiece and also like how you were saying I I know that my book doesn't need to be the best or whatever I think it is it's my first ever reading of a spicicle um romance <laughs> novel novella that um I'm like blown away <laughs> I think it's amazing thank I think you. it's like fire about deliciousness um, and I think that's that's the author's journey as well, right? Is that we can always see yeah. room for improvement and we have to know the point when, you know, my, my partner's an artist as well. So we often have these conversations around like at what point is something done? Because I look at the art that he creates and I'll be sitting there going like, oh, that's amazing. Like, you know, so like, are you happy with it? And he's like, oh God, no, it's got like, you know, this and this and this is wrong and this is wrong and this needs fixed and I'm sitting there going like oh we could just put it on the wall right now (laughs) yeah I I very much have to turn that around often for myself and go like okay am am I just being super critical on myself here and you know that yes my 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 perfectionist can go and like sit over there Yeah. And again, it comes back to that like intuition about it as well, right? You know, in your body or in in your like all your physical, spiritual, emotional bodies that what's correct at the time and things like that, which you're like Mm. deliciously in tune with. Um, Comments are the stories are so good. Mm. Capital letters. It's incredible. Can't wait for more. I haven't read any other paranormal romance while involved with nocturnal hearts. That's amazing. Um, that was from Karen. We're exclusively dating. Yeah, exclusive. <laughs> we're, we're fated mates. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole says that's awesome. I think you can all take that advice to block out outside sources to create from our own magic. Thank you for being brave. You're incredible. It, it really is so good. Nicolici is blown away. I do read paranormal rom- paranormal romance and this is like times 10 and then all the squelchy delicious emojis more epic advice for us all in creating anything leave the perfectionism at the door you're delicious 
your delicious nutritious rose um my other question and I've already alluded to that I'm not a um a, 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 a romantical kind of like reader that much um but I just want to this is not really a question this is just more like a celebration of you because one thing that I used to talk about with a friend of mine a lot is like watch binge watching the vampire diaries and all the things and like even harry potter and twilight things like that why the fuck are they always high school students like i am 30 (laughs) plus now and i'm like i'm the one who needs the escapism from the adult world from the nine to five from just the dramas of needing to do washing (laughs) like when you're in high school you view people cover that for you you know what i mean like why do you get the spicy love interest like old vampire stalking you that's 500 years old like I want that like come on yeah Yeah. it's very funny because I think I've seen a lot of conversation lately just within that kind of paranormal romance sort of reader community that I think what used to be kind of the the and I don't know like whether this is just kind of a a hangover from your kind of historical romance type genres where quite often the main character particularly was very young very virginal very you know kind of like had never experienced life and then you know in the paranormal romance genre you've got these like 5,000 year old vampires or something coming along and like going oh yes a 16 year old (laughs) yeah it's like that old like patriarchy pedophilic like yeah um and I think now because because there are more more ways that you know particularly readers can connect online right you know so whereas before we used to read these books sort of in isolation and unless you had like a bestie who was also reading the book you didn't really have anyone else that you could necessarily talk to about these things and now it's like you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people that you can have conversations about the books and I think it's allowed for more people to kind of have those moments where they're like just a thought <laughs> just a question <laughs> yeah and and it's allowed the genre to evolve which I think is also something that I feel kind of grateful to be coming in at this point in time because it's allowed for a lot of these things like say you know kind of um writing in a way it's got that kind of ability to give our characters some maturity you know like they don't have to be 20 years old um we can have that of course and I think there's I mean I think that's a whole thing now in terms of like being called like new adult in terms of the Mm -hmm. you know going beyond the young adult into the new adult genre of like you know kind of 20 something year olds that are still in that kind of post high school sort of age range um but yeah I think that's to to kind of run off the back of the conversation around having women characters that are curvy and you know just accept and love their bodies and things like that um that yeah the age thing is something also that has kind of not been necessarily something I've intentionally put thought to but just felt right to me to be writing characters that were you know kind of in that older age range uh and yeah have got a bit of like lived experience and and we're not going for the virginal 
female main character either. We're we're we've got women who are coming in with a bit of experience, you know. Like we know what we want. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, they they might have something to say about the the lacking in terms of the partners they <laughs> have previously had relations with. <laughs> I think I think that's like one of Leah's things is she's like, oh, I've had enough of that shit. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. I love that. And it, yeah, it comes, it, it definitely like is felt littered through the pages of, of that. So yeah, I just wanted to like praise, <laughs> praise you for helping my escapism because um that's something that I have like discussed for many years, even like mid twenties been like, why is it always the you know twiggy blonde high school student or the like I don't know it's just it's just a thing so I'm glad that you've like done that with and unintentionally too but like a little bit with a little bit of thought to it as well so I just wanted to touch on that uh Rose this has been amazing I could talk to Um, you forever and I probably will continue to talk to you forever but (laughs) for the walnuts who are watching obsessed they want to connect with your books and with you where are the best places for us to point point the walnuts to so my website has all the links if you just want to go and kind of see where it's available because it's basically you can you can go to any of your favorite online book retailer whether that is amazon barnes and noble book depository and grab your copy right now. Whether you can get paper or ebook versions are available. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I'm quite passionate about as well. And like, we don't have time to get into all of it in this conversation, but I am very passionate about my books coming out in that kind of ability to be available across a number of different book retailers. Let's yeah. just say that a lot of authors choose to go with uh one uh behemoth only amazon (laughs) (laughs) um and that's got its own inherent obviously like limitations and things attached to it and for me I like to give people the choice of a number of different places should they desire to make their purchases elsewhere um and that yes you can absolutely find it on all the things and it's linked in my bio with Instagram as well if you just want to come over and follow me on Instagram and get all the links right there delicious nutritious and I'll pop those links in the um description of this live video for you walnut and if you listen to this on either myself or Rose's podcast show notes, all the places, but just search Elliot Rose and it should pop up under your nose. (laughs) Um, Walnut, thank you for your time and for being here. And if you've been here live, thank you for your questions. And if you're on the replay, just hashtag Walnut Wednesday so that I can pop back later and check them out and contact Rose if there's any further questions. Um, And Rose, Elliot Rose, thank you so much for visiting my group, for visiting us and for the magic and escapism that you're putting out into the world. I just, I will sing your praises from the rooftops till the day I die. You are very talented. You are very amazing. And at the heart of it all, you are just a delicious person. So thank you for, for all you're doing.
Thank you so much for having me and you for being my host of my surprise secret launch party. I feel very privileged. So it's, it's been so much fun. Delicious. All right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And I will talk thank you, to you for soon. being here. Bye.